Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod. I'm Coach Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Alex Asante is your guy. If you need some stuff, he'll take care of you on the illegal side of things. Been in a motorcycle accident, give him a call, especially if you're in California or even if you're not in Cali and it's contract time, reach out to Alex Asante. He knows what he's doing. He'll take care of you. He'll get you handled. Bike911.com. All right. I'm Greg. And this is Jason Pridmore, who is on the East Coast, and I love it. What's going on, JP? Greg, I'm great. I'm, uh, what am I? I'm probably, well, what am I? An hour and a half flight from you right now? A couple hour flight? For what me? What's rally down to Tampa? How yeah, far away? Probably, probably two. Hour? Tampa? Yeah. Let's see. It's about 50 minutes to Atlanta. And so then from there to there, yeah, it's probably an hour and 30 minute flight. Yeah. Not too, not too bad. So yeah, I'm down in old Florida right now. I've, I've not spent that much time on this coast of Florida. So uh, yeah, we've had perfect weather and I'm down here actually caddying um, at an LPG, at an LPGA sure? event. Yeah. What Are am I sure, sure about? What? I'm just saying there's a rumor going around uh-huh. that you're down in Florida. Yeah. With Michael Jordan golfing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Trying to get the Michael Jordan Motorsports team back together. <laughs> because right? so many people are are coming coming back on the car side of things. There's mm. you know, new team and Michael is in the NASCAR and Got is it. any of this true? MJ's should coming I, back at your we, direction and you're gonna quit your job as commentator as as the color just, analyst and you're gonna be a team manager? Should we run with that? Jason Pridmore doing spreadsheets and coordinating people's flights and getting no, hotels. That would be holy I, crap. No, I could do that, but dysfunctional. The, no, the comedy side of it was yeah. imagine imagine me ordering parts and um, you know, buying budgeting for <laughs> for bikes and right. I could do all the other stuff. That would that yeah. would not be hard. I could do the flying and the putting people up stuff. That would be easy. But yeah, no, that's true. When you do that on your own. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, no rumors to that. I'm down here. If anybody wants to find no, me, no out. rumor to that. Okay, so so you are actually caddying then, is what you're I saying. Am. You're not actually down there. I am coming I'm up with another caddying. superbike team for the pack. That sounds crazy. I've always like you know, I've I've uh, yeah, I, I wanted to come down here and check this out for a while. So I'm down here doing that, and I'm just got done with day three, so I got day four tomorrow, and then I fly home Saturday. Finally, that, that's okay. why we're late, people. That's Sorry, everybody. Late. It's Thursday. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who may be tuning in because you heard the Max Van interview la- or Max Van Max Flinders interview last week, thank you so much. That thing went like gangbusters, Jason. So really appreciate everyone downloading and listening to Max Flinders, and he was a great interview. And it's obviously, fun. this winter we hope to get more of the current crop of of uh, Moto America hey, racers. Maybe on we'll the have Ma- maybe we'll have yeah. Max Van on here one day. Never know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Getting my matches confused. But on this podcast, we're going to talk about MotoGP from Indonesia, Jason. Mm. Uh, did you, you got to watch before you oh, left, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. We're going to talk yeah. MotoGP Fantasy. MotoGP Phillip Island is starting in like two and a half hours, actually, from when we're recording this, which That's right. is really just probably a couple hours after uh, after we record it, I get to post it. And uh, we're going to talk about Samurai News and, and do all that stuff. So are you excited, Jay? I don't think it's going to yeah. be super long, this podcast, but it should be super informative. So why don't we get right to the news presented by Arai? 
All right. Well, Jay, did you know for three generations, Arai's been making some of the world's best helmets? And of course, Arai helmets meet all safety standards, but they also pride themselves in a blend of engineering, tech, and human craftsmanship. That makes an Arai helmet fit better and feel better, which also protects you better. Your head is worth the very best. Go visit AraiAmericas.com. For more information on tech, fit, and paint jobs, AraiAmericas.com. Because you owe it to yourself, people. All right. So, Jay, we could go a lot of different directions, but let's start off with, obviously, what I was just talking about. Moto America and Ray Hall Racing. Ray Hall Ducati Motor is big announcement on Tuesday of this week. They're coming full bore with two Superbike racers this year. Sorry, Super Sport. Super Sport. They're going Super Sport uh, only. And uh, Ben Spees is involved in the project and all that stuff. So what do you uh, what do you think about Ray Hall? Graham Ray Hall specifically. Obviously, we know Bobby Ray Hall for years and years and years of Grayson. So it's his son. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I, you know, they've been talking about the kind of the cross promotion of what IndyCar sees. And I think that the, the allure was that IndyCar saw some of the numbers that Motor America is pulling in TV and viewership wise. And um, there's a connection there that, that maybe they can cross over with some of their sponsors and bring that to Motor America. That's how it was kind of explained to me. I think uh, also, I think a lot of the IndyCar teams, um, you know, I think going to mid Ohio is great because I know IndyCar goes to mid Ohio, IndyCar goes to road America. So there, there, there's a few places that we go that IndyCar goes. Uh, I, I did Barber. count it up. I think there was like five tracks. Yeah. Barber Laguna. Um, mm-hmm. I think I counted five. Co- they don't go to Coda. I don't think they do F1. Maybe they go to I Coda. Think, and I, don't I don't know. Think they do, no. Anyways, I think I counted four or five tracks that, that IndyCar are used to going to. Um, I think it's going to be great. I think the fact that the Ray Hall name is involved in Moto America is cool. I love the fact that we're getting a is Ben's four time or three time three time Superbike champ, right? Didn't he do it? And uh, three, three time US Superbike champ, and then six, the fourth seven, is eight. World Superbike. Yeah. That's what I mean. Six, seven, and eight in, eight in mm-hmm. our series, and then two thousand nine in World. So we're getting him back into a championship. So it's going to be good to have him around the track. It'd be good for the fans to see a guy like him around. And um, it'll be interesting who they put, put on the bikes. I think it'll be, I don't know when they're going to announce that. I didn't watch the, I I didn't watch or see anything. I I saw some of the photos and I read the press release stuff. I didn't get, was there video of that whole thing? Yeah, there was, I think so. I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I knew it was coming and, and uh, Lorette, nickel was the one doing it okay. and i i missed it i thought it was an hour after it actually happened so i only saw the the press release but you know we knew we all knew it was happening for quite some time the rider situation jay is basically it all hinges on what's going on with tightler cycles you saw that mm. Corey alexander announced tightler cycles that he he's parting ways um you know apparently tightler cycles doesn't know what they're going to do if they're going to stay if they're going to go you know, Cameron Bobier is under contract. What happens yeah. to him? There's other people interested in Cameron. There's PJ Jacobson. What's he going to do? So basically, once the owner of Titlers gets off his butt and makes a decision on what he's going to do, a lot of things are going to fall into place at this point. Yeah. So hopefully he stays and his team continues, but who knows? You know, pe- yeah, yeah. it changes. So it's a it's a thing going on. It's Everybody's talking about it. I don't really don't care if I'm talking about it. I'm not. It's not a secret. So, um, right. from us anyway, 
So we'll no. see what happens on that front. And from what I understand, Jay, that decision over at Titlers is also going to have an effect on what happens with the riders getting signed over at Ray Hall. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Their sponsor's cool. Uh, Expel, which is a really interesting sponsor, Jay. So they are actually in bed in IndyCar with uh, Penske. Okay. And they are able to now get involved with Ray Hall on the motorcycle side of things. So oh, cool. it's really interesting to see what Expel does. And what, what Expel does is a product, and this is what's really going to be fascinating for me, is they make stuff like uh, like sticker stuff. A lot of it is protective. Okay. So like you get a clear, clear plastic protective that you would put over the front of your car, you know what I mean, to protect areas that get hit by rocks or whatever. Uh, Arai uses it in, in car racing. They actually put a strip of that stuff right on the forehead of the helmets oh, because wow, okay. those Indy cars are open wheel, so you get rocks mm-hmm. and things like that. So they do um, stuff for automotive. They do okay. uh, marine home stuff. So what I'm going to be curious about, and by the way, they do that. They do some car care stuff like ceramic coatings. They do cleaning products and things. Um, and it all kind of transfers over, but I'm curious to find out if they're actually going to start trying to develop products like that for motorcycles. Because can you imagine taking on be, that whole thing? Yeah, it's pretty wild. gnarly. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. But that's, it's great fairings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great, and I think the bikes look good. So anyway, be, yeah, but it would be great too. It'd be great. I mean, like, look, IndyCar is is IndyCar. There's a lot of great names. I mean. We've heard the Andretti name been tossed around many years ago about um, Michael interested in in some motorcycle stuff. And we know that you know Mario and Michael both love to ride. We know that. And I mean, it, it, maybe it'll open up the possibility of us being able to go back to Indy. I, I mean, that was one of my favorite places that I've gone. Um, I, I never got to ride the track, but I enjoyed going there the year that we went there with Motor America. I think it was the COVID year, but it was great. Um, so maybe there could be some influence there with the Ray Hall family and who knows, who mm, knows what it'll develop into. Yeah. Who knows if it'll develop into them riding, uh, being on, was it, was it announced that they were going to do just super sport this next year? And then the following year was going to be possible Superbike, or what, did you see anything like that? Is that, I didn't read that far into the press release. I don't know. Okay. It could okay. be, that's what I, that's a rumor I heard as well. Okay. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it depends on a lot of stuff, but I know that they have a multi-year commitment to be in the paddock. This isn't like a one-year commitment. It's it's multi-years. So, I think Ben's going to be good, you know, being around as long as I have the car racing world and the motorcycle racing world are two completely different environments. Yep. And expectations are different and how fans react with people are different. You know, Graham Rahal still races. So, I'm not I, oh, sure yeah, no, how exactly. many events he's actually going to be able to get to. Yeah, there's there, there's a couple holes in the calendar, so I had really look, did you, you look know, that up a little bit to go that? Yep. Nah, not really. No, okay. I know that okay. we had been waiting. We've been waiting, Jay, for the IndyCar um, calendar, which I think they just released recently. Some other car racing series. Uh, if NBC was involved, everybody was kind of waiting to find out what NBC is going to do with the Olympics next year. Okay. And so I think NASCAR, as of today, I, I don't really know, but I think NASCAR still hasn't announced because it, a lot of it has to do with the Olympics and ratings and all kinds of stuff. So for us, we actually don't have a race, I think, during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, it got moved off of there, but that was more happenstance. I don't think Moto America really 
was interested in what was going on with the with the time frame. I know that during the ten days archery is going on in the Olympics that we don't have we don't have a race. We go to Laguna July twelfth, and then I think mm-hmm. the Olympics start a little bit later than that. And then our next race isn't until the sixteenth, which is mid Ohio of August. Okay. So basically, we have a little bit over a month off, and during that time is when the Olympics are happening. And I know that those contracts are so big with NBC with the with some of the car racing series that they have to consider okay do we bother is is NBC even going to have bandwidth there'd be no time slots for right. car racing to go on during the Olympics because it's absolutely slammed right so anyway that's that deal uh moving beyond that Jay it was announced that uh the factory Harley Davidson team in King of the Baggers is going to be Kyle Wyman he returns and James Rispoli gets the nod so yeah. good old hog Spoli is back or I'm going to try to name him, rename him like Factory Spoli, like Factory Spoli. Yeah, no. I don't know if that works. Spoli better. Hog Spoli works. It's cool because yeah, Ky- Kyle signed for two more years, correct? Two? Kyle Wyman signed uh, for two more years. I, I didn't see that, but he could have. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Wyman signed for so. two. Yeah, he did. He signed for two more years. And then Rispoli is got bumped. Uh, bumped up to the factory team. So it'll be interesting to see where, you know, Vance and Hines won the number one plate last year with Hayden Gillum. So it's going to be interesting to see who they jump on board, who they get as a second writer at Vance and Hines. Um, They've been making phone calls from what I've heard. Yeah, I, I'm sure they have. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they get on that second seat. And then you got uh, – I think it's great for James, you know. He's just come – He's, he's done so many things in his writing. And I think to have him and Kyle as teammates now is great. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Travis ends up. Wyman, what does he do now? Um, a lot of lot of little things there going on. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works itself out. Now, Jay, moving on to World Superbike Arena, mm-hmm. have you heard that there's been some new rules that are going to be coming down the pipe, which basically add weight to the machines? <clears throat> I did hear about it. I saw a post from Scott Redding, and I started to read it, but then I got sidetracked yesterday. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be adding some weight. But, yeah, tell us. So it's a little complicated because what they're actually going to do is they're not going to add weight to the motorcycles. They're going to add weight to the rider, but there's going to be a, like a cap on the weight limit to it. Okay. Um, and there's some type of algorithm. So... Uh, let's see what, what's the quote that I want to read from. So Gregorio Olivia did an interview about it. So basically what they're going to do is they're going to say, look, um, the, the rider, the rider themselves has to be a minimum of 80 kilograms. So if the rider isn't 80 kilograms, they're going to take the difference and they're going to multiply the difference times 0.5. Right? So let's say that I'm, 10 kilograms, I'm saying I'm 70 kilograms in weight, mm-hmm. then they're going to add five kilograms of ballast to the bike to a maximum of 10 kilograms. So if I'm 50 kilograms, which I have no, that's got to be pint size, right? But if mm-hmm. I, if I weigh 50 kilograms through the rule, I could be penalized because I'm 30 K difference. That's 15 kilograms of ballast added but they can only add 10 kilograms. Does that make sense? Yes. Got it. Yes. Yep. So whatever the difference is between your weight and 80 kg, 
And it doesn't go backwards, by the way, people. So if I'm 100 kg, I don't yeah. get to subtract weight off the bike like that, right? So the weight's still off. the same, which is whatever it is, 160-something. So it's 30, you know, 372 pounds or whatever it is, right? So if I'm 80 kilo, if I'm 70 kilograms, that the difference between 70 and 80 is 10 kilograms. They're going to take that difference, multiply it by 0.5, and add that weight to my bike. The maximum weight that can be added, though, is 10 kilograms. Interesting. Because... You know, because all like you can't add 20, 30 kilograms to someone's bike because it's just not going to work. It's not going to make it, you know, it's, it's going to mess everything up. Now, the one thing I do know is that I called Teague at Moto America and I said, are you guys going to institute this into our rules? And he said, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to do that. So basically what it means is between a top rack who's six foot, one i don't know i mean you've seen him in real life right yeah it's been a while since i've seen him i think he's six one six two maybe super skinny but compared to a batista he's a giant you know obviously batista is going to have it have to carry some weight so what are your thoughts on that because you know in every sport pretty much any performance sport you have natural gifts whether it's ability or whether it's size you and i couldn't be jockeys right no we just couldn't couldn't be You're right. We're we're too tall. Not just our weight, right? Just the size of us or whatever. And motorcycle racers. But, you know, I'm at a disadvantage my height if I'm a volleyball player because everybody who plays volleyball is my height or or I'm probably the the small, would be the shortest guy on the team at six foot, six foot two and a half, right? Yeah, that's right. So I'm just saying. So what are your thoughts on this whole situation with coming up with a solution? You think it's a decent solution? Think they should have just left it alone? What do you think? It's the slippery slope again, man. This is like when they when they docked Johnny, what, three years ago? When they started messing with like, okay, Mm -hmm. we've got to take revs away from Johnny Johnny Ray because he's too good and he's beating everybody. So now we gotta take revs away from Kawasaki. That's what they did. They as soon as they did that, they started messing with things. Now we got the Alvaro Batista rule. We got a guy that everybody's like, well, he's so small, he accelerates quicker, and you know, his size is such a huge advantage. So now it's like, well. How are we going to combat that? We're going to throw weight at these things. We're going to try to make it this. We're trying to make it that. I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, how they govern it, how they do things with it. Because I think what they've really started to see too, Greg, is the fact that you what what they've done by continuously trying to change rules and make manufacturers do things to their bikes or not do things to their bikes is one thing that gets forgot about are a lot of privateer teams. So you look at the Petercinis or the Pachettis on Kawasaki's. They're like, this is pointless. We can't be on Kawasaki's anymore. We have to go try to find another manufacturer. We have to go try to find another, basically start over with a different manufacturer for us to be competitive anymore. There is no reason for a Petercini team to stay on a Kawasaki going into 2024. Now, is this going to make the difference? Is the weight that they're adding to bikes for other people going to make a difference. And how does this make you look at the rider market from a team manager perspective, right? So there's so many different trickle down mm. effects that this to me adds. So you look at a guy like a Corey Alexander or, or, you know, like a bigger, taller guy like top rack or Scott Redding or, 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 or such. Does this make it now to where it's and it, it's advantageous to get those guys because you're not going to have to add weight to a bike, so you're not going to be changing geometry and ballast. Or 
Are you going for a smaller guy and just add a little bit of weight and hoping that that plays in your favor? So there's a lot of things. I have a lot of questions about how this whole thing works. And again, until we get the season started in 2024 and we start to see if it's doing anything at all, it's pretty hard to, to, to tell. Yeah, that's a good point. The one thing I didn't mention, Jay, and I apologize, is the weight is based off of a rider in a complete setup. So it's helmets, boots, gloves, you know what I mean? Uh, and we've leathers, seen that, everything. right? That's, it's a, it's, yeah, so it's a combination. And, you know, the thing is, is if you grabbed Bautista's suit and you grabbed your suit at six feet tall and you hung them up just by sure, it doesn't matter really your weight. But like a Corey Alexander suit naturally is going to have more leather just because there's more surface area to cover. Even a guy like Valentino Rossi, same way, tall guy, even though he raced at like 145 or, you know, 147, something like that, there's still your suit's just naturally going to be heavier. And if you don't think that matters, it matters. Oh, there's yeah. a great story that Nicky Hayden used to talk about when he was Joe Rocket Leathers and he went to MotoGP and they basically weighed his leathers and said, absolutely not. You, this, is, this is like three, I think it was three pounds heavier than what, like a kangaroo suit would be or so Joe Rocket had to go and spend an, an enormous amount of money. I think it was $5,000 a suit way back in 2003 mm-hmm. to get the special leather from the UK, you know, to, to make his suits out of. And because the, you know, weight is no joke that, right. as it was put to me by Nikki and the people at HRC at the time, we, they spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to reduce the weight of this bike to make sure that it's at the minimum limit or right near the minimum limit, whether that's titanium bolts or machining this or designing this or whatever. So to, to give weight away for free and even Nick will tell you, he was at the time, don't quote me on this Jay, but I want to say mm-hmm. it was like 21 pounds was the difference between him and Danny Pedroza. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So you're sitting there going like, mm. and I said, and I literally said this to Nikki. I said, is this that big of a deal? And he goes, I'll tell you what, G, I'm going to put a 20 pound bowling ball in your hand. Why don't you run from the front porch to the mailbox 10 times and tell me how you feel? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. but that yeah, makes point sense. Taken, yeah. Man. So, yeah, and I look, think, and, and also, we've though, this, but Jay, though, but we've this... seen it. And yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say, um, sorry. No, no, no I was little... just going to, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a thing between Greg and I. Just bikes right now where I'm a little bit has late here. So sorry. Um, but, but Greg, doesn't it, doesn't it also uh, think about if you're a, a manufacturer that's coming out with a new bike, how do you choose a test rider? Do you want to test your bike with weight on it or mm-hmm. weight off it? Like where you put the weight, how does it, there's a lot of little, little different things that I'm, that people that are a lot smarter than me will have it sorted. But, but I think it's, it's very good point. You know what I mean? Like how, how do you figure out who you're going to have test the bike? Now, look, so. ballast on bikes isn't new. Right. E- even back, uh, God, Jay, let me think about this. There was a model change with the Suzuki GSXR 750 back in the day. I want to say it was 2000, 2000 that they came out with like a, a new version of the GSXR 750. Mm-hmm. And that bike, if you took the normal stuff off that motorcycle, right? So you took the plastics off of it, the blinkers, the headlights, and so on. Without even trying, it was underweight. It was under mm. AMA 750 Supersport weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by like two or three pounds. So people have added plenty of ballast to motorcycles over the years. There's been bikes that haven't met minimum superbike weight limits and all those kinds of things. So it's not like it's a foreign concept. The question is, where do you put it? 
And that's mm-hmm. the distinction is if you have top rack and his pendulum, which is his head is way up high because he's tall and he carries more weight, but mm-hmm. your Ducati and you can put, let's just say the weight works best by, by adding ballast to the bottom of the fairing, you know, like the, the belly pan. Right. So th- it's never going to be equal, equal, you know, but all right. Like, I think you're like, you're saying Jay, let's just see how it goes. Let's see, see how it goes. goes. Yeah. See if it works and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian Oni returns, Jason, he's announced go 11. So go 11 team and Superbike after a four year suspension for testing positive for a steroid. He's back. What do you think about Ian Oni being back? It's going to be a big question mark. How much has he been riding? It's competition levels gone up a lot in four years and it's you're four years older. Um, it's, he's got to be coming back with a chip on his shoulder. He's got to be coming back with a feeling of, you know, this guy was basically modeled as a MotoGP guy. That was what his thing was. And now he's coming back to world Superbike. I'm sure he's very, very appreciative of the opportunity. I don't know exactly how old he is, Greg. Is he like 32? Um, 32? I'm not, 32, 33. You can look him up. But, but, you know, when you start to look at it and you think about it, it's like this guy's been sitting on the sofa for four years. Obviously, he felt wronged. Um, he fought the case. I mean, he fought it. And I think it cost him an extra two years. He's 34. Is that what he is? Yeah. Yeah, 34. Yep. So, 34. so he, uh, ideally, he's probably got, you know, he's easily got three to four really good years left in him. Bikes are easier to ride than they were back, you know, when he was even before he quit. Bikes have become easier to ride. How's his fitness level, you know, um, which will be good. He's going to be highly motivated. So, and he's been in people's ear for the last probably year and a half telling them he wants to get back and he's got an opportunity. So, I'm all for it. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. He talked about MotoGP and wanting to get back there. I don't think so. There's too mm-hmm. many good, talented people coming up. And speaking of MotoGP, Johan Zarco has ruled out a possibility of him going to HRC because as Mark Marquez leaves, there's an empty spot at HRC, which doesn't really shock us for the current climate, but it shocks us, I think, overall. People, he, they, I don't think Honda can really find somebody to ride that bike. So he wants to see, stay with LCR, which is who he signed with, because what it sounds like is if he went to HRC, that's a one-year deal. And if he goes to LCR, that's a two-year deal, which further ignites this rumor that mm-hmm. Marquez leaves for one season, rides a Ducati, then signs back with HRC. And has a you know, and then brings all that knowledge with. I don't know. It's it's. I just don't see. It I mean, are we there with racing? We could be. I don't no. either, but I could be naive about it too. Why? Why? I, what I don't get is, well, if if he goes and wins on a Ducati, he's not going to want to get off at number one. Number two, if this yeah, right. is even something that is even real, Ducati doesn't want him to go back and tell Honda everything. But yeah, you just—it's just too weird. It's. The whole thing is very, very strange to me. I don't know who's going to get that second seat there at HRC. Um, I can't see a. I cannot see Lekawona going to HRC with Mir. I don't see how that is a strong team. I think that the only thing they can do, to be honest, is they've got to poach somebody else from a factory contract right now. I mean, we've heard them going after Oliveira, possibly. We've heard them going after Vinales, possibly. Those are better options to me than like Corona by a mile, but but how does it work? Like, by the way, both of those riders have said like, no, like Vinales came out today, Jason, and said absolutely not. I'm with Aprilia, and if you remember, Aprilia kind of gave him a second shot after exactly the whole Yamaha right. situation. So, so he did come out and say that. It's huh? okay. uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I read it on, uh, and why, Crash why would you want to, why would you want to go, why would you want to go ride that bike right now? If you're a Vinales or, or even an Oliveira, you're in a position where you're on a bike right now that's winning. Um, I always look at it like there's a lot of work and development to be done in that Honda to get it good again. And there's, a, which means generally there's going to be quite a bit of crashing <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think I would sign on for that job if I was in the position that those two guys are in right now. The Aprilia's getting better. I mean, you know, obviously, I think it's probably the third, fourth, third best bike out there, you know, behind the Ducati. I think the KTM's probably a little stronger than the Aprilia. So probably pretty close between those two. Horses for courses, I guess. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, G-Dub, we had... Last yeah. week, and that's that's our news presented by Araya, by the way. And last week, we were at nice. Indone- Indonesia, and um, we it was. A, I mean, look, the MotoGP race was intriguing for reasons um, had some reasons that I liked and some reasons I didn't like. So Bagnaya uh, was obviously struggling all weekend long. I mean, it just looked like those guys couldn't get him comfortable. He couldn't get out of uh, qualifying one and which was a problem. And so he had to start, I think it was 12th or 13th on the grid. 13th, I believe. Um, 13th. He was 13th on the grid and he was only able to work his way up to eighth in the sprint race. And Jorge Martin, on the other hand, front row start, he ends up, um, getting to 12 points in the sprint race. He beats Luca Marini, who got his first pole position, uh, ever. Um, over Bedzeki, who was just riding incredible. Uh, Bedzeki, did you hear? He actually got to the track Friday. Uh, he flew in. Sorry, he got to Indonesia Friday morning and got there for free, for free practice one. Pretty wild. Both Marini and Bedzeki are coming off broken collarbones that they had suffered from previous rounds. And, um, you know, actually Bedzeki did it training in between rounds. Um, but they end up second and third from Mooney VR46 in the sprint. Vinales Quadraro. Puts in a good ride to Giantonio. Had a great weekend. He ends up sixth in this one. Bastianini, ironically, Bastianini's the one that kicks Bagnaia out of being able to go straight through to Q1 that or Q2. That was what was pretty wild. Um, man, you, those guys in the Ducati garage have to be so conflicted watching those sessions, you know. Um, but Bastianini ends up seventh in the sprint. He beats Bagnaia by half a second. Jack Miller, ninth. And uh, Oliveira 10th. Um, and in the Grand Prix itself, uh, which was a really interesting race, Jorge Martin, about three-second lead, he crashes out. Comes down to a really good race between Bagnaia, Vinales, and Quadraro. Quadraro was on the move, coming through at the end. Um, those guys all finished half a second apart from each other. Bagnaia wins over Vinales, Quadraro. Dejan Antonio puts in the ride of his year. Uh, or his MotoGP career. It'll be interested to see if that's coming to an end. Does Honda pick up a DiGiantoni or something like that, Greg? I mean, is that even real? Um, he said that he has offers on the table to stay in MotoGP, so who knows? I mean, as a one-year stopgap, so they can kind of figure something out, because what happens is at the end of 2024, everyone, everyone but one rider, their contracts are up. So it might be that he ends up getting an opportunity to stay. And maybe they do something like, hey, listen, did you, you come with us, 
You're going to ride MotoGP for the C, you know, for this year, mm-hmm. and then we're going to put you on the factory HRC bike and World Superbike next year, maybe. Or I don't know. It could be. I mean, you just never know. I mean, that is those are all very good cases. Um, but I mean, he gets fourth in the in the race here. But Zeki came from a long way back. He had some struggles early. He comes back, finishes fifth over Bender. Uh, Jack Miller ends up seventh. Bastianini eighth. How about Alex Rand's ninth? I'm not sure if you saw the Instagram video of him coming into the pits. But he puts that that LCR Honda strongly in ninth place. And Aleish ends up 10th going backwards from the start. Wrong tire choice, it looked like. Um, Nakagami Oliveira got uh, Nakagami 11th. Oliveira 12th. Oliveira was up there early. Bender was kind of a bit of a battering ram, I guess you could say, in this race. Um, is he, he uh, who did he smash into first? I forget who he smashed into first. Um, uh, he got a long, uh, he got a long, I've like lost who it was, but um, and then he, then he, yeah, he smashed into some, I think it was Marini, he took Marini out, he cleaned out Marini, and then he ran into Oliveira later. Oh, yeah. so, Marini had to pick his bike up, go back out, and do a long lap penalty so it doesn't have to do it this weekend in Australia. So, well, I mean, what's your overall feeling about the race itself? Well, first of all, the track was super slippery and you could see it right from the get go on Friday. People started launching stuff and spending a lot of money on body work. And Jorge Martin ends up after the sprint race, Jay took over the world championship lead and then lost it after, you know, he crashed. So the joke was at the press conference, which happened technically today (laughs) you know what i mean but they're in australia so it was yesterday their time uh joked about having the shortest championship lead in MotoGP history since they haven't been doing sprint races he ends up getting the championship lead sprint race then loses it 24 hours later right normally at least you hold on to it for a week yep or, or so right um the thing that can, the thing that's interesting to me is is I saw a quote from Paolo Chibati talking about how he's upset that people are accusing Factory Ducati of doing something to Martin's bike or you know that caused him to crash. Like I heard it was just a soft front tire, like he just he just it just didn't work or whatever. And Paolo's pretty upset because he came out publicly and he said, "Look, Obviously, for our sponsors and everything, I would rather see a red bike win. But ultimately, we're Ducati. If Martin wins, we're good. He's on the same spec bike that Pecco's on. He gets the same parts and everything. So he's like, but we haven't done anything. Like they, These guys have got to ride it out. So on one hand, of course, I would like red to win. But on the other hand, Ducati wins. So what's the what's the big deal? So it's it's been kind of funny to listen to people just start to speculate on how they think things are going. But I think the question mark is, Jay, is like somebody made a comment that Pecco didn't win, that Martin lost. And all of that storyline is fine, but the bottom line is at the end of the year, they just count the points of who finished, came across the line or whatever, you know, unless <laughs> somebody so gets well DQ put. or whatever, but... Yeah. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, the concerning thing for me is why is the factory Ducati team struggling so much until, like, it's it's been a lot of bad Fridays for Pecco. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? Like, lately, there's been a lot of bad Fridays. I, I back and everything else. Now, I know that this is the first time he didn't make Q2, but it was like, it was coming, man. He just had a bad Saturday 
and Sunday. The fact that he was able to get a bad Friday, Saturday, and then win yeah. mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Big Friday. Yeah. 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 So it's just been crazy. It's it, I, that concerns yeah. me in the stretch where it doesn't seem like Martin's had the same problems. Yeah. Well, you, you, to your point, I think Martin's super hungry. And Bagnaya is, I mean, obviously Bagnaya is hungry too, but there's just, it shows you though, Greg, like when he's 13th and he's like 0.7 off, it wasn't like he's like three seconds off the pace. It's like, it's just, it's, it's minute. And that shows how tight and how close it is. And I can't, well, look, if, if, well, I can't even say if, but the fact that anybody would think that Ducati, did, mm. how, how can Ducati control Jorge Martin's tire choice if that's what the tire he wanted on his bike and he crashes out? Now, I'm going to tell you yeah. something else. My takeaway from this place is when are we going to either A, get Indonesia to pull their head, head out because that racetrack is garbage. It's garbage. It's, I, I don't understand. How every time World Superbike or MotoGP go there, the track is as filthy as it is. Why have we not drive cars around the place for two weeks prior to them getting there? I saw a report saying that they're going to take the Asian Championship there next year, the weekend prior to MotoGP, so that the track can get cleaned up. How would that make you feel if you're racing in the Asian Championship? Oh, great. We're going to go and clean the track for MotoGP. Like. It's no different than if you're in Junior Cup, right? Moto America. Yeah. I mean, always the smaller classes get to go clean the track, right? Yeah, but but no, no, it, no. This is different, though. That is completely different because, like, you look at Alasia's crash when he goes up underneath Bender in that sprint race. Okay, those these guys these guys are crashing yeah. and not expecting it to happen. Now Alasia put his arms up in the air and said, "Hey, that's my fault." This and that. There's a four foot wide line track. This came up when I was over in Portimao. And I was in around in a group, a group of riders of people. Um, and we were talking about the track in Indonesia. And one of the reasons I think that Loris was not as angry about him, his foot getting ran over by Alex is because he's like, well, the problem is, is when you make a pass there, it's got to be tight because you can't get that far offline. Mm. How can that track be so disgustingly dirty every time we go there? How can they not have it either pressure washed or drive cars around it for two weeks prior to them getting there and get the whole surface clean to where those guys can ride anywhere they want. And the, the, it's abysmal to me that they that they just let the track look so shitty every single time. I don't get it. Mm. Well, at least they're, they're going to try to solve the problem. But I think it has to do with the island, the remoteness of the island. You know, it was hard to build a track there. And they just don't – that's it. That's all they have is – you know, like World Super Bike and MotoGP, so the thing just sits around the rest of the year, doing nothing and not getting yeah, but- worn in. And yeah, it, it is. It's it's pretty crazy. But the good news is, is that they're going to a place that is your your mine and your our favorite place, favorite mm-hmm. racetracks. That it's normally grippy and it's entertaining. And they're going to Phillip Island, man. So the yeah. big question is, is this Jack Miller's big weekend? Right? Is he gonna have a bike to do this? Is this gonna be the same stuff? Is Mark Marquez going to win again, you know. It's it seems kind of like a wide open weekend right now, but I know that's a two horse race in this championship and Pecco needs to have a good Friday because even though Martin gave him 18 points, you know, I think it's 18 points the championship difference. There's enough races here where Pecco can't rest on his laurels or else he's going to lose it. 
Well, not only that, but I think Phillip Island is notorious for having close races, close finishes. I mean, I saw Quateraro say, "I, you know, we're going to be at a little bit of a power disadvantage." The Hondas, I, I feel like Phillip Island is like a super equalizing track, and I don't know what the weather's going to be like on the island this weekend, but we know how temperamental that can be as well. And so it's going to be really up in the air, I think, as the weekend goes to see what ends up happening there. I just, I feel like you're right though that even though Martin falls out of that race, he still has the momentum, doesn't he? It feels like that to me. And Phillip Island is mm-hmm. just absolutely incredible. It's like, it's one of the best places in the world you can go to. I've seen you, you've probably pulled the weather up. What's it saying? So tomorrow or today, right? Cause it's going to start in a couple. Right. It's supposed to be partly cloudy and 70 as a high. Saturday, it's going to be raining in 66, and on Sunday, 58 degrees Fahrenheit and raining. And that's what that place does. So it's, I mean, it's, yes. When you went over there, when you commentated over there, what because was the weather like for you? Uh, I, I didn't commentate, Jay. I've been there three times to ride motorcycles. Ah, so they were, okay. They were, pr- they were, well, three times to ride, and then one or two times to three press launches. Maybe I've been there four times. One time was like, uh, I was on a trip with Steve Rapp and some other people as a thank you from Kawasaki to Steve to win the Daytona 200. And it, that trip of ours ended at the MotoGP at Phillip Island when Cowie still had a team. Okay. And so I was a spectator on that one, but we only, I think all of us, we only went for one day on that trip, but the rest of them were like Yamaha or one launch. I was there for, two GSXR launches, one 1000 launch. And then another one was a 750 launch at the same time. How cool. Every How time cool. I've been there. Yeah. Every time I've been there, the sun was shining. Oh yeah. And it was either. Yeah. It was either warm or chilly. What's that so pizza weird. place downtown? Oh my God. It's got all it's the, the racing paraphernalia. All, yeah. It's the best in oh, cows. It's right. Right in cows. But anyway, great place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's right there. The MotoGP weekend that I was there was really chilly. The one we were spectating. I remember that. But but the problem is just where it's located. You know, two hours, two and a half hours away from Melbourne, just kind of sitting there on the ocean. It can just do anything. Anything. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the good news with Phillip Island is it's going to give you some grip. It just seems like it's just been it just adds so much stress to the to the equation. Because of the I nature agree. of Phillip Island, I think. I just think, and then you got the birds there and the winds and all those things that, that just chime in at Phillip Island. Every time I've been there, it's been the wallabies. It's been, it's been gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, wallabies there. Um, I think it's the black snakes. That's the the black snakes are the really really venomous, bad. You know, and I, we were mm-hmm. we were told one time that um, over in the Siberia grandstands, there was a black snake found under the grandstands, and they like just evacuated the grandstands. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they're not, yeah, they're not huge grandstands over there, but it's, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Some of the stories that you hear when you go over there, but Phillip Island is just so iconic. It's so great. And it generally always leads itself to, you know, to great racing. So I think that we're going to see a lot of that again in Moto2 real quick, Greg, there at, um, at Indonesia. I don't know if you got to watch it. Acosta won that race, had it pretty well in hand the whole time. Can it? Was was second again. That poor kid's been second a bunch. For me, Aldegar did a good job. He ends up eleven third. times, I think they said. Oh, poor guy. Then you got Dixon Gonzalez, Arbelino, uh, Shantra Garcia, Joe Roberts did a nice job. Ends up ninth, and he beat Sam Lowe there in tenth. And we still have, 
I think, Greg, we still have a pretty close Moto3 championship, um, obviously. And uh, Diego Moreira won that one. Uh, he won that one there in Indonesia over Alonso. I don't know if you watched that one. It was another good one. Uh, Munez, Vier, uh, Vier, uh, Rueda, Masia, who's obviously right in the hunt for this. Um, f- uh, for Soda, for Sato, sorry. Um, uh, Anchu, Ortola, yeah, Sato, yeah. and Nepa. So the first eight guys were all separated by eight tenths of a second. Um, yeah, really close. So they'll all be championships. That, championships that not close. It's, yeah, it's it's not close. It's two seventy seven Acosta over Tony Arbolino, who had a really bad one. Like he yeah. had, can't remember if he had a long lap penalty or something happened. So he's now two twelve back. So only Acosta and Arbolino are even in the two hundred point range. Yeah. So like Moto Jay Moto Dixon three was the one I was talking about being close, but yeah, yeah Moto three Moto three yeah. is insane. Yeah. Moto three is two hundred nine points. Masia to Sasaki's one ninety three. Halgado's 192, Alonso's 180 in terms of points. Wow. But, dude, did you watch that race? Did you get I to did. see the race? I did watch it. Yeah, I did. Crazy. Crazy race. I mean, as they all are with those guys. They're all crazy. And, and you know, Greg, you know, I'm sitting there, and I was watching it with my mom. And I was trying to explain to my mom how the, the line's only four foot wide and this and that. And it was it's crazy watching it, man, because those guys all kept them. They kept them up for the most part. I mean, just. It was there was no real attrition in that race, and um, Halgado. That was it. There was no real attrition. That was so shocking because there were like fourteen or fifteen riders right in the mix. I mean, you have to go, yeah, thirteen. The top thirteen riders were covered by one point eight seconds. The top six by half a second. And Halgado cut across the green so blatant, and I'm like, dude, just give up a couple spots. And of course, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't give those spots up, Craig. Yeah. And then he gets a he gets a ride through for, or he gets a long lap. Then he got another long lap. I mean, it's just like, it's like if you know you're going over the green, or you've gone over the green, you got to do something, don't you? Like you got to like acknowledge it somewhat. And he just didn't at all. He just like just. Not just at kept all. Doing his thing. Just kept doing his didn't thing. Didn't drop a position. Didn't no. didn't throw his hand up. Didn't do anything. Just kind of kept on riding. So Crazy. good for him. I think it's going to be good race. Good race this weekend. It's going to be super important. I think today. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on people. Obviously, getting into Q1, getting into Q2. So today's going to be critical. And this is where I think today on Friday, going back to MotoGP, if Pecco doesn't come out of the box swinging, if he's got another bad Friday, this could be it for him in the championship in terms of he could give up more positions on the racetrack and give up a heap of points this weekend. He's got the lead. I'm not saying that, but Martin, mm-hmm. he made a mistake, but he just seems to still have the momentum on his side at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I do agree. I just think, what do we have after this? They go to Do they go to Malaysia still? Don't they go to Turkey or do they not go to Turkey? Malaysia, Turkey, and Valencia? Or Doha? No, I, I always forget what their schedule is. They go, the line. yeah. So they're going after Philip Island. They're going to Bury Ram. Then they go okay. to Sepang. Then they go to LaSalle. Then they finish off the year in Valencia. Okay. okay. So we still have one, two, three, four. Yeah, we still have five rounds left. Five rounds. Wow, we still got five rounds left. So the, I don't think Bagnai is out of it. He could have a bad weekend. It's not a big deal. But Martin definitely does. No, no. Have... I mean, obviously, he's got an eighteen-point lead. But what I am yeah. saying is, if Martin wins and Bagnai lounges in second, there's too many points. That, that's twenty-five point difference from first to second. Mm-hmm. So he's got to mm-hmm. 
He's got to get a good qualifying result. It's not as easy to pass at Phillip Island as people think. It's Correct. not as easy to pass at Indonesia either, and and he made it work from 13th place. Of course, he's the first rider, by the way, in history. Um, I saw the graphic since I believe it was like Marco Melandri in 2006 to come from outside the top four rows to win a MotoGP race. Wow. So it's it's quite the wow. accomplishment. That Dude, Teco he rode did. so good. We didn't even talk and about it's quite that the enough, rebound. Yeah, for what that guy did in that race to mm-hmm. come through the guys he had to come through. I mean, it's it's easy for us to sit there and go, Martin has the has a little bit of the momentum, but man, what Bagnaya did there was a one hundred we gotta give that guy his respect because we could say that, but he came and didn't just have a shitty Friday Saturday. It was a horrendous Friday Saturday. And for him to fight through and win that race, <laughs> yeah. if you'd have told him he was gonna be on the podium in that race, I'm sure he would have taken it prior. And he did way better than that. So, like, yeah, we gotta gotta give that guy huge props for that. Now, let's uh, let's get forward here and start talking a little bit of fantasy. How how did you did you do any good? Uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm 202nd now in the league, oh. so I actually advanced three or four positions. Man, but Bagnaya, I've got to start looking at my turbos. There's only. four five races left and I haven't used any. So I've got to start looking at him. So Bagnaya got me 56. Bedzeki only got me 29. Those are my two gold. I had Vinales who got me 17.75 points. So had I had him actually in gold, it would have been a little bit better. And Juan Mir got me goose egg, but I do have Ducati back. They got me 42. And then I have Grassini, which isn't really doing all that great. Um, you know, listen, you know, Kingfisher leads the way. Got a decent lead. Looks like 40 points-ish over Motor Ranch 46. AMA Someday 91 is third. Uh, GP Wannabe is in fourth. Zaplantas <laughs> and my boy yeah. DJ 30 x Dan Yazza. There. Didn't have there. a great weekend for him, but he moved his way up into sixth. How about He's Uncle Skip? There, Uncle Skip's 19th. I know. I, I don't want to talk about I know. JP, Sp- just... JP Sponsor Me is in 11th. I know. So... Uncle Skip, man. I mean, look, like I said, it. just you can still join the league, folks. You can still come in and join. It's Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore. It's apostrophe S if you're looking, you're searching for it on fantasy.motogp.com. Sign up because if, if you're just signing up now, you're out of first. No doubt about it. But first place is going to get Dunlop Q5s sec, er, and, and an Arai helmet. Q5s for second place. Q5s is for third. But we're going to be randomly picking someone at some point, or we're going to figure out who by the end of this thing in a, in six weeks time, somebody's going to win a day with Jason Pridmore one-on-one at Chuck Walla this winter as November's coming. Yep. And Jason will start up. living out at Chuck Walla for the next three months. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. How did you end up doing You're you're, you're over 200 points. I can see that. So you're our 2000 points. So you're 153rd, yeah. you got 2008 points, Yeah. which is good. The leader of our group, though, King Fisher's at 2,411 points. Yeah, I just wanted to try so. to creep back into that top 100. So Bender actually hosed me a little bit with his double long lap penalty crap and getting taken out in the sprint. The, the sprint race obviously doesn't give you a ton of points, but he didn't, and that wasn't really his fault. So, But DeGiantonio, I had him. So, yeah, I mean, it's been fun. I was way back yeah. in 237th at some point. I've I've almost gained a hundred spots, and I like you, Greg. I still have, I still have a bunch of turbos left. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this weekend goes. And 
You know, the good thing is, is if you could just text me early, Jason, on who you're going to turbo, that way I know to get that person off my team. That's that'd be see, great. Thanks. That's just rude, dude, because I've been actually killing it. I've been doing all right. Hey, you know, who the, the Aprilia seemed like they go pretty good at, at Phillip Island. So just saying, just throwing that out there. That that could be, maybe we put a couple well, of yeah, guys but on if there. it's raining, have they been good in the, eh, yeah, they're not good rain, in the rain. I mean, that's a kinda, really good eh. point. Yeah. They're kind of crap in the rain. Got to look at KTM. You got to look at Ducati. I think you know. Yep. Unless I don't know. I don't know how the Yamaha is going to do. I mean, it, it definitely seems like they've figured out their handling issues with Quadraro uh, uh-huh. on the Yamaha. He's had a good run on it. Obviously, he's still down on power, and it was very frustrating for him in the race in Indonesia. That you know, it was like you know the comment. The, the, the Simon was like, "Oh, this must be great. You're in third. He's like, "Now nah, I'm frustrated." I'm like, "There you go. Yeah, totally. I like that." Yeah, so, I you still know, what? know that, they're down that interview power, was but. so great, wasn't it? He just was like, I know we've got the pace. We can't do anything once mm. we get there. I love that guy. Anyways, yeah. but we're cool. Me too. Well, Me too. Next week, so that's we're, 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 we're going to cover next week. We'll be covering all that has happened at Phillip Island. Um, not a lot really other than that going on, I don't think. Is there, Greg? Well, we'll we'll talk about the preview of Burram, but also, Jay, it's the final round of World Superbike at Jerez. Oh, is coming up right. the following right. weekend, so we'll 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 yep. preview that. We'll talk about that, yeah, and that'll be my last one before I head down to uh, to Chile, Chile. Actually, yeah. so hopefully, yeah, Chile. So we'll get a chance, probably the thirtieth or the thirty first. Um, I'll have time. I am going to be if you're in Cali during that time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be four hours away from you, not three like I normally Great. am. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out as we always mm-hmm. do. So. Yes, we will. But be, yeah, man. that'll do it for us for this one, Jay. So why don't yeah. you do your thing like you normally do and tell us <laughs> what we need yeah. to know. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry about the little delay that Greg and I had between each other here on the mic. And uh, enjoy the Phillip Island weekend. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. And we'll talk to you next week. Later, everyone.